hash mark angle to the left for Adams and Terry. 48-yard field goal attempt. Set to go. Snap ball down. Kick up. Kick is on the way. And it is good! It's good! It's good! Out in the ninth inning, here on the banks of the Mississippi River, the Red Sox need one more out. Swing a ground ball. Welcome everybody to episode 31 of the Loudest Sports Show. It helps so much more when I've got my microphone turned on and I don't have to wonder why the sound waves aren't working. I am your host, Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And uh, we are here, brought to you by the Dorkening Network and sponsored by Deadly Grounds Coffee here on uh, episode 31. And I am not here by myself. I am joined by my teammate on the show and my teammate in life. She is... Slashes the ice queen. Oh, hey. I almost messed it up. Yeah, you did. I did, but I didn't. But yes, we might, were might have had to uh, do another take. Yeah. I, no, no. Amateurs <laughs> like you do two takes. <laughs> I do one take. Uh, yeah. Generally, unless there's like an audio issue, we don't retake. We, I mean, you've listened to the show. You understand. Um, actually, I'm hoping to have a couple of uh, guests because we've had a few folks who uh, listen to the show and are a member of the group reach out and say, hey, I want to be on the show. I saw Craig on your show. I want to be on the show. Put so. me in, coach. Yeah, basically, put me in, coach. <laughs> uh, I'm ready to play. <laughs> oh, we should play that song. Although, if, if we do it on YouTube, they'll, they'll copyright strike us. But we're not we're not on YouTube. We're on uh, the right. Cause, uh, are you familiar with that song? Yes. All right. Credence. Yes. Yes. Center right. Field. Yeah. Yeah, see, I know things. All right, I'm just, I, not everybody I is familiar. I am smart. It, S-M-R-T. Smart has nothing to do with whether or not you're familiar with every Creedence Clearwater Revival song. I know. I know. I know uh, Fortunate Sun and Bad Moon Rising and, you know, uh, Run Through the Jungle. Yep. Uh, and uh, what's the one? Uh, Bad Moon Rising. Yeah. Everyone always says there's a bathroom on the right. No, it's like it's a bad moon rising. And that's from, uh, they put that in um, American Werewolf in London, mm-hmm. which I thought was great. So uh, we have uh, an interesting, uh, very, very specific very specific question yes. for this week. Uh, we just saw a couple of days ago, the uh, Red Sox have unveiled new uniforms for the first time in, what was it, like 74 years? Uh, where they've really not changed anything since the inception of the team for the past hundred years. Outfits, outfits, the uniforms have stayed. <laughs> the ensembles. <laughs> the costumes. <laughs> the costumes. I like your baseball costume. <laughs> uh, they've stayed 
essentially the same for the past hundred years or so. You know, and there's very few teams I mean, that we, can say that. With some slight variations, right, sometimes they do. Uh, you know, like the green with the red. Right, no, I'm talking about like their everyday. Their everyday uniforms have, you know, obviously they have the special special edition ones. Right, but, but that's what this is. And, you know, they, they haven't really... It, they are doing... Because they play every year on Marathon Monday, which uh, I think is going to be this Monday coming up, the uh, 12th. Yeah, so it's for the game that they play uh President's Day. Uh, Patriots, Patriots Day. Day. W- uh, Patriots Day weekend. So what it is, uh, and, and f- since 2013, they've been wearing different jerseys for their Patriots Day game. Because uh, of the in, bombing. In remembrance of the marathon bombing. And they're still going to continue to do that. This isn't, you know, taking the place of, of that. This is to wear on the surrounding games of of. You know, because baseball, you usually play a series of, you know, anywhere from two to, to four, to four, four games, games. Depending on what's so, going on, yeah. um, you know, they have these variant uniforms to wear during the other games played during that se- that that series. That series, yeah. So that whole weekend series, which uh, off the top of my head, I don't remember who. The White Sox. The White Sox. Okay. I was going to guess, like, probably the Yankees or somebody because they, they like to mix in the rivalry games. Uh, but... I guess for those weekend games, like you can have them play against anybody because folks are generally going to tune into those games because they mean a little bit more. So you can put maybe a weaker opponent up there. Although, Yoan Mankata will be playing for the White Sox, and he was one of the guys that got traded to bring Chris Sale here. But uh, you know what they say. So are you going to get to the question? Yes. Um, <laughs> this has been really long-winded. Right. What is the question? What is our opening our face-off opening question, face-off Patsy? question is, what do you think of the Marathon Monday uniforms? Yay or nay? I'm going to go with a, uh, on an aesthetic level, nay. Oh, hell nay. To quote uh, Ethan Bubblegum Tate of the uh, Harlem Globetrotters, um, no, uh, I am not a fan of the way these look. However, what they represent and the reason that they're doing them, I like. Would I purchase one, you know, to hang up in the in the Pat Cave with uh, some of my other jerseys? I think so. I think so. Especially if it was signed, you know, like a nice Bogarts, you know, a nice Bogarts jersey, throw that up there. I'd, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. How about you there, Slashes? So there comes a time uh, when certain teams unveil like the, 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 the specialty uniforms, the throwbacks, the, you know, alternate colors, alternate versions of things where I sit back and I think to myself, why don't teams hire a stylist? They do. Like, they're hideous. They're bright hideous. yellow. Like, these uniforms are absolutely hideous. You know what they kind of remind me of? Those powder blue jerseys I hate so goddamn All right. much. So let me just throw this out there. 
Slash is the Ice Queen is not a fan of the San Diego Superchargers powder blue uniforms. I hate them so much. And whereas most folks will... They are this, this just just ungodly color blue. Most folks absolutely like, love just them. absolutely hideous. Most folks think that they're some of the prettiest jerseys in it's all of sports. It's not even like a powder blue. It's like a different... Like powder blue is slightly more pastel. This is like a, a, a grayish... Grayster blue, Grayster? Grayster blue. It's like a gray powder blue. It's That's like it's even, just it's mm. gross. Okay, that's what it is. It's disgusting. So she doesn't like it. It is but gross. I will say that this, these remind me, um, kind of similar to the Brazilian soccer jerseys, uh, where it's the same bright yellow but without like the green and the green oh. stripes, because this is yellow with blue, which are the marathon colors. Right. So to kind of give you a little bit of background information as to what this is and why they're doing this, the Red Sox are one of seven teams that will have these City Connect Series uniforms this season. It is in collaboration with Nike, and the Red Sox are the first team to unveil these uniforms. Now, obviously, they picked, you know, the Marathon uh, the marathon Monday colors, which is the the, the yellow and blue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they picked it for, for this weekend that is so symbolic. And, and granted, you know, uh, the marathon has been postponed till October for yeah. this year. It was, it was, you know, canceled completely last year thanks to COVID. But, you know, it does look like we'll be able to have something this year, just not in, you know, the, the, the not, not surrounding the time of year that we usually attribute to the Boston Marathon. Right. Um, so, I mean, I get it. I get it. It's, it's this thing that is so loved by the city of Boston and its patrons. It's, it's something that, you know, I grew up just knowing about you know like i didn't even live in massachusetts for most of my like childhood but i knew what it was i knew of the boston marathon because you know i had family here and my parents would talk about it and you'd be like oh i wonder who won the boston marathon because you know i don't even know if people really care and the Sox won the World Series About, that you year. know, who who wins the Boston Marathon. I think it's just more or less the fact that it, it happens and, you know, crowds of, of people go and congregate and, you know, line the uh, – we, we know people who have run the Boston Marathon. Yep. I know a couple of people who have. You know, I know people who have done it numerous times, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a, a more of a feat than I ever could. You know, like I, I, I like to think that I could, but then I, I remember at some point how I, I want to do it before much of I'm an 50. asthmatic I am. And I'm like, no, if, if, if you see me running, you should probably be running too. look at who's chasing you. Something's chasing us. Right. My goal um, was to run it before I turned 40. So unless that happens womp, womp. two weeks ago, it's not <laughs> happened. So now my goal is to run it before I turn 50. So I have 10 years to get in shape. Yeah, so the jersey features the word Boston across the chest in a tribute to the Boylston Street finish line and a 617 patch representing Boston's area code on the left sleeve that resembles a racing bib. So I think that's that's cute. I like that. I like that a lot. I wish they had done something with the saturation of the colors more. So I don't hate the combination of the yellow and the blue together. I think that's fantastic. I would have switched had it. They, yeah, had they switched it or made it more of a blue color. 
Yeah, it's it's, it's almost mostly like a, a, yellow. It's uh, it's uh, we all know how much I love the color yellow. Um, almost uh, as much as I love the color brown. I was literally going to say the same thing. It's brown. Brown's a horrible color. The brown just sounds gross. Brown. What's your favorite color? Brown. Um, but no, I, I think that if they yeah, you're had more bright pink, purple. Uh, if if they had maybe saturated some of the colors of these jerseys more, maybe uh, flipped it so that they were more blue. With the yellow. I think they did that because they do have blue jerseys with the red, and it would look kind of lazy. I mean, maybe. And, and, and maybe that's it. I mean, maybe that's why they chose this specific color blue. I mean, it's obnoxious. It's obnoxiously bright yellow, which I do like. But, I mean, that's... I don't... I don't hate the yellow portion of it. I really don't. Uh, I get what they're trying to do. I just wish... I, I wish that the the colors were just a little better. Like brighter, like and this is where you know the Red Sox stylist could have come in and be like, "Hey, Nike, no, I don't think so." You know, there's enough drag queens in Boston oh, who yeah. could have said, "Oh no, honey, you don't want to do that." Yeah, I, I think they could have. Uh, they definitely could have taken some fashion advice. Um, but like I said, I I don't like the way they look. Although I would definitely, I would definitely wear one because. I like my bright, obnoxious colors. But I think, you know, if uh, for unveiling this series, and I'm not sure who the other uh, of the seven teams are who are going to do this, uh, the the City Connect series uniforms or what they're going to uh, signify. But, I mean, I, I like the symbolism. I like the thought that had been put into it. I like, you know, that they were trying to... uh, I like what they were trying to do. I just don't necessarily love the overall product. Yeah, the the execution is uh, a little bit different. I mean, and and maybe maybe if that. So I'm looking at the picture right now, and yeah, I honestly don't hate the yellow. I really don't hate the yellow jerseys. That's actually a pretty nice, like a nice bright, you know. Because when you think of Marathon Monday, I mean, I know it's spring, but summer's coming mm-hmm. you know what i mean like like summer's coming and it's so uh, it makes you feel good and when you think of marathon monday you like to think of you know the sun is shining and the weather is gorgeous and you know it's it's starting to get warmer so like i it, that color yellow like i get it i really like that it's just that blue that's throwing me off and maybe if the hats had also been yellow like that Maybe that would be too much yellow, but because the hats the are that, that blue color, and I don't I don't know I don't know. There's just there's just something like I I want I want to like this. I want to. They get an A for effort. It's just the 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 execution. Yeah, is just lacking a little bit. So, let us know what you think. Because I mean, these are these are definitely uh, a statement uniform, but let us know what you think. I mean, even on the the brightest of day or the grayest of days, like you're gonna be noticed wearing these. That's true. They might even notice you from space. Maybe NASA might call and be like, "Hey, can you tone it down a little bit?" I mean, that's what they do with my outfits. This is true. So. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we have some breaking news uh, because we're recording this 
on Wednesday. We just got some breaking hockey news that we're going to discuss. And, uh, you know, obviously some more, uh, more stuff around the world of sports. So we'll be right back. At Strong-Willed Sports Memorabilia and more, our mission is to raise as much money and awareness for pediatric cancer research as possible through the giving away of authenticated, autographed sports memorabilia and more. All proceeds from our games will be donated to various pediatric cancer foundations, with the majority going to the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute and the Jimmy Fund. Our mission to give back began when Craig and Kara's son, William, was diagnosed with a stage 4 Wilms tumor, and his courage to fight and overcome his cancer ultimately led to the start of the hashtag Strong-Willed Movement. For more information on how to donate and support this great cause, please visit the hashtag Strongwilled Sports Memorabilia and More Facebook group. This is Patsy the Angry Nerd, and I'm here to tell you about Slip Sports. All new clients for this online sports book receive $100 in free play just for signing up. From the casual players to the high rollers, everybody can take advantage of this offer and the live betting, online casino, horse racing, and more. Sign up with the Freeman app and send a request to basketballjones at post.com to get started. Tell them the angry nerd sent you. So, uh, we promised to uh, give you the breaking news. Uh, so, a trade just went down in the NHL. Uh, the trade deadline is Monday, uh, this coming Monday, April 12th at 3 p.m. So, the Islanders have traded Mason Jobst, A.J. Greer, a 2021 first rounder and a conditional 2022 fourth rounder to the Devils for Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac. Now, for me, Zajac is a guy I thought was going to retire in New Jersey. Like, that guy has been with that team forever. Palmieri? I mean, Palmieri has given the Bruins some fits. And see, this, to me, this just solidifies if, like, the, the Islanders are taking players from the Bruins and the Bru I mean, uh, from the Devils, and the Bruins can't beat either one of those teams. Mm -hmm. It's just becoming more insurmountable. Right. Uh, so this is still, you know... Uh, I think Palmieri is in the last last year of a five-year, $23 million contract, and he had a no-trade clause, so he, or a no-movement clause is what they call it in the NHL. Uh, so he had to sign off on this, and, I mean, why wouldn't you? The Islanders are tearing everything up. Uh, they're playing really, really well, so why wouldn't you want to go to that team? Uh, I think it's... I mean, I think it's a smart move for for both of them to get out of Jersey at this point because like you said the Islanders are showing a lot more pro promise than the Dells are right now regardless of the fact that the Bruins can't seem to fucking win against both of them well the Islanders right now are currently tied uh, after 39 games they're tied with Washington at 25 10 and 4 with 54 points uh, the Devils are with two fewer games 13, 18, and 6 in 32 points. So two fewer two fewer games, but 22 fewer points. So I mean, I don't I don't think he's uh he's going to end up going anywhere. 
So, I mean, that, that team. So uh, there's a lot of other hockey news. Uh, apparently Boone Jenner is expected out for the season. Uh, Columbus B- Blue Jackets Boone Jenner is uh, out for the year. Oh, wow. With, after a finger surgery. Oh. Uh, he broke his finger, had to get it surgically repaired, and is expected to miss the rest of the uh, the season. Uh, Dreisaitl has uh, Leon Dreisaitl uh, ended up with a, a hat trick. Connor McDavid had one goal but assisted on all three of those other goals. Uh, and so Ottawa, I mean, Edmonton dropped Ottawa 4-2 uh, to two to keep their record against Ottawa perfect. They have not lost to Ottawa yet. So very interesting. I thought that was fun. Um, I just have one more thing, and I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh, the Canucks have not played for a while, and they keep getting more and more COVID cases, but it's not regular COVID-19. It is one of the variants. They haven't. The team hasn't come out and said which variant, which mutated strain of COVID it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, of the 25 positive cases uh, on the Canucks team, 21 of the 25 are their players including three on the taxi squad, and they've done a bunch of contact tracing, and they think it originated in uh, uh, an athletic facility, uh, like um, not a gym, but like the complex that they use to work out. So something has gotten into... Oh, wow. And that's scary, too, like kind of just to, to, you know, side note a little bit. Um, You know, not a lot is known of these variants, so it, that's something that uh, extensive research is being done on as as we speak, to be honest with you. Because even if you're um, vaccinated, you can still potentially... It's not so... Y- yes. Yes. Long story short, yes. Uh this is This is one of the reasons why vaccines usually take two years to be approved by the FDA, because they usually go through rigorous rigorous uh you know trials and all of this research is done on it so i mean the cool thing is that the public is seeing the scientific method happen in real time Mm -hmm. uh some people don't quite understand that but um you know it's definitely a, a learning process but i mean this is why you know when something is released when a you know, a, a, a drug or a vaccine or what have you is released, they know everything for the most part it takes to do years with it. Of you know, trials. right, right. You know, they know all the side effects. They know, hey, if you're on this medication, you can't take this, or if you're if you're on this medication, this side effect could happen, or you know, uh, what have you. Right, like they they know. know all of these. You know, they, because they they test it out on all of these different uh, you know these different trials have all these different variants of different types of people and stuff and you know it's a it's a whole thing so you know these these variants of of covid are uh equal parts interesting uh from a scientific standpoint but scary also from a scientific standpoint because we don't know much about them so the fact that it's not just normal covid19 that's you know uh ravaging ravid yeah running through the uh canucks uh but the fact that it's it's uh, a a variant at least one maybe even multiple because yeah, they said they don't know what it is or they right. didn't release it at any rate uh so i mean the good news as far as that's concerned is you know everyone seems to be doing all right 
and the team has been quarantined and anyone who has any uh who, who has had any contact with the team you know they do all the contact tracing and stuff yeah the NHL has, has great contact you know, tracing uh quarantined as well so it seems that everyone is uh safe and being cared for mm-hmm. appropriately so that's you know that's the good news but they're keeping everybody um, away they're not obviously not playing games they're not interacting right with so it would be interesting you know if this persists i mean are the canucks just a limit like automatically eliminated from well, the season like eight, i mean they're eight points out of a playoff spot right now in the in the north because toronto running away with it edmonton right behind them uh toronto's got 55 points edmund with edmonton with 50 winnipeg with 49 montreal with 43 and uh vancouver with 35 with uh, so we're playing 56 games. They've got 19 games left. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see exactly uh, what happens moving forward, and what the timeline is for everything. If they're going to uh, maybe even push playoffs back, if if necessary, push playoffs maybe. back in order to allow the Canucks to to play the appropriate amount of, of games for consideration. I mean, let me take a, a quick look at what their upcoming schedule is because if they're playing the higher end, uh, the, the up, like they have uh, games against, two games against the Oilers have been uh, postponed, two against the Jets, one against the Flames. Those are all bottom-dwelling teams. Vancouver, Calgary, and Ottawa are the t- three bottom teams, so... Flames, Jets. I mean, Winnipeg's Winnipeg's third place right now. So, I mean, we'll. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Um, hopefully, everything gets straightened out. But this is why the NHL has the best protocol in place. Because now, imagine if they hadn't just been in Canada. They had gone to. You know, they'd played in Dallas. They'd played in Florida. They'd played in Boston. They'd played I mean, in St. Louis. If that was the case, probably half of the NHL would be quarantined right, right now. Because they'd have to, like, they'd do contact contact tracing. It's like, okay, you've been in the LA airport, St. Louis, Boston, you know, Fort Lauderdale. Like, you've gone yeah, through all these different places. But because they're in their own divisions, they're only in Canada, they don't have to worry about it. Now, this could screw things up for, say, the trade deadline in a few days. Uh, yes. Because maybe there was a guy that, you know, a team was eyeing. It's like, all right, you know, that guy's maybe making a little too much money. Maybe he needs a change of scenery. We're going to grab him for a second-round pick. You know, now we can't do that because he might not play again this season. So it's uh, it's it's interesting, like, this dynamic. It's not just affecting the playoff race in the North. It's also affecting potentially all the other playoff races with all these teams that, you know, you know, the the Canucks should be sellers at this point. But I guess, you know, in, in hindsight, the, I mean, the good news, though, is the fact that it's contained. Yes. And it's not affecting the rest of the NHL as far as that's concerned. Right. And we're still seeing, you know, we're still able to watch hockey. Games are still happening. Players are still safe and healthy you know so i mean it's it'll be it'll be interesting to to see what happens moving forward but um speaking of montreal there's a lot of uh, of stuff eric stahl scored his first goal in a canadian's uniform an overtime goal for a three to two victory over edmonton monday night and edmonton is one of the team montreal is in fourth place chasing edmonton well and uh 
Stahl was uh, traded from the Sabres. Yes. Who, I mean, the Sabres have kind of become the butt of the joke of the NHL. They lost 18 straight. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean. I do. I I do still. I will get to it. But they have a connection to Boston, the the Sabres do, that I want to explore as we get to the trade talk. So the Colorado Avalanche offense has outscored their opponents 67 to 28 in their 15 game point streak. That's like four their and record a half is 13 0 and 2. Oof. That yeah. is crazy. The that, fact that they managed to like Not only are they I mean and Philip Grubauer is playing out of his goddamn mind. I mean and to this start is with. this is exactly why uh, at the beginning, like before the season even started, the Avalanche have been favored to go and, and win the Stanley Cup. Right. You have a strong goalie in Grubauer. You have one of the top lines. You know, you have some, like um, as much as I couldn't stand him in uh, in Toronto. Nassim Kadri is a guy that I kind of wanted to get on mm-hmm. the Bruins. Who he's, he's a guy who can score, but he can get under your skin. Not quite the level of Brad Marchand, but he's in that in that neighborhood but you know with uh landis gog and mckinnon like oh and i forget who there's another um there's a couple other guys up there that are just like absolutely ridiculous but landis gog and mckinnon are the uh see they're different from the bruins because people outside of the top line outside of those two guys can score throughout their team right and uh yeah, we'll just we'll just leave it at that. Yes, yes. Their their offense has been playing uh, just uh, all of them out of their fucking minds, which is something that you know you like to see. I was hoping to see it for the Bruins, but you know, and their goalie has just been standing on his head too. Yeah, you I know, mean, like it, it's uh, the Avalanche. Uh, they look good. They look really good. Michael Bunting of the Arizona Coyotes scored his first NHL hat trick in a 5-2 to two win against the LA Kings on Monday. Do you know in, uh, in upstate New York they call uh, Coyotes Koi Dogs? I, 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 I knew it was a thing. You know I didn't now. know where. They call they them Koi Dogs. Called them that but okay well good for them yes good for them patrick marlowe of the sharks now holds the record for second oh he's in second all-time games played in nhl history at 1761 he passed mark messier's 1756 and is gunning for Gordie Howe's 1,767, which, which he'll, he'll get in a couple get, weeks. Yeah, he'll absolutely have that this season. So, yeah, Patrick Marlowe on track to be the player who has played the, the most. The all-time leader in, go- in games played. That's a, that's a really good way of saying it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Less wordy way. Um so we'll talk about the current standings momentarily. Well, we did already a little bit. A little bit. There are there. We'll we'll just run through it. Colorado on that surge has taken over. Yes. Their their division from Vegas. Uh, so they've got fifty six points. Vegas has fifty two. Minnesota's got forty eight, and the Coyotes are at forty three. Now the Blues and Sharks are tied with thirty eight. Um, you know everybody's around thirty seven, thirty eight games. 
Uh, the Ducks, last place. They've played the most games. They're 12 and 21 and 7. So, yikes. Um, going back to that Canadian division, like we just talked about, Vancouver and Calgary have 35 points. They're eight behind Montreal. But Montreal has two games on Vancouver and five games on Calgary. They've only played 35 games. So you could make the argument that they're having, you know, the best season. Like they've got mm-hmm. their five games behind Edmonton. Well, I mean, they're also seven points behind Edmonton, but they could make that up. They're 12 behind, uh, 12 points behind Toronto, but they're four games behind them. So, you know, they're right in the thick of things. Uh, the Panthers, like this, this central division has been nuts all year because you've had, you know, Chicago was up top. Nashville was up top. Tampa was running away with it for a while. Now all of a sudden Florida's come out of fucking nowhere. Right. And, and claim the number one spot. And it's just, it's crazy. Like Car- uh, Florida, Carolina and Tampa are separated by two points. 56 mm-hmm. for Florida with 40 games, 55 for Carolina with 38 games, and 54 for Tampa with 39 games. So they've all they're you know Carolina's got two games two games in hand on Florida, one on Tampa. So like that's going to bounce back and forth. Then you have Nashville and the Blackhawks and the Blue Jackets and the Stars and the Red Wings all within striking distance of each other because Nashville's in fourth with 43 points. They only have one overtime loss this year. That's crazy. Uh, Blackhawks have 41. Columbus is at 38. Dallas is at 36. And they've got four games in hand. Uh, And then Detroit at 32. Like, they're 13, 22, and 6. But they're within shouting distance of a of a playoff spot. Like, and Dallas should be getting uh, Sagan back shortly. Yeah, soon. So I mean, so, I mean could... we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see if his if his game is there. Yeah, but we'll see. And then in the East, which is I know where you were, you wanted to end. Uh, we have the Sabers dead last at with twenty four points in thirty eight games. Jersey, 37 games, 32 points. The Flyers and Rangers, each uh, 18, 15, and 5, 38 games, 41 points. Only a few game, few points behind the Bruins, who are at 46. But the Bruins have games in hand. They've only played 36 games. So they have three games in hand on Pittsburgh, New York, and Washington. Washington and New York are tied 25, 10, and 4 with 54 points. Pittsburgh 24-13 and 2 with 50 points. So those four are going to kind of go back and forth and we'll see what happens with with that. Uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting once the playoff race really does, you know, what the Bruins it starts, can't beat New York, because, they're not going oh, any goddamn way. No, order. no. Uh absolutely not. But it'll be interesting to see how these uh how everything shifts. Once the playoff race really starts, which would and it will be starting soon. I do want to throw out there that there is one team with a winning record that has a negative goal differential. The Coyotes are negative 11. So they've been outscored by 11 goals so far this year. And there's one team with a winning record that has a negative gold. Uh, I'm sorry with a losing record that has a positive goals against the Dallas stars at 13, 14 and 10 are plus one. 
you want to take a guess at who leads the league uh, at plus and minus? I'll give you a hint. We talked about one of them uh, a little while ago. Anything? Is it is it the Canucks? Because they haven't played? Colorado is at a plus 50 goal differential, especially after that run they just went on. Uh-huh. Uh, and tied at negative 44, the Buffalo Sabres and Ottawa Senators. Oh, wow. I forgot the Ottawa Senators were a team. 44. That's how exciting they are. They've been outscored by 44 goals in 38 games and 40 games, respectively. I forgot they existed. Ottawa. Good job, guys. Yes, yeah, because we Good haven't job. heard Jack Edwards say Ottawa. Ottawa. <laughs> All right, keep going. You've, you've got some, uh, you've got our what's brewing section. So are uh, the Bruins finally, finally beat the Devils for the first time since the opening night shootout. Again in a shootout. Again in a shootout. But it was nice to see that they could actually score points against them and win. Yes. Patrice Bergeron scored his sixth career hat trick against the Flyers on Tuesday night and collected his 900th NHL point. He became the fourth captain in Bruins history to do so, joining Ray Bork, Johnny Busick, and Phil Esposito. He also surpassed Rick Middleton for sole possession of the fourth place on the B's all-time scoring list. So congrats to him. That's huge. And he still has uh, a lot more career left, both in the NHL and with the Bruins. So it'll be interesting to see uh, his points just, just continue to collect. He could he could hit 1,000 points. I don't know if he's going to get to Bork. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Mm. I don't know. But uh, it, it's definitely uh, an accolade that's well-deserved. Uh, Brad Marchand scored his 29th career shorthanded goal the same night, which just so happened to be his 48th career shorthanded point, surpassing Eddie Westfall and Bobby Orr for the top spot in Bruins history. That's what that dude does. That dude just it scores shorthanded goals. I mean, well, I mean, that... The top line is responsible for for pretty much all of the goals being scored this 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 season, and Brad Marchand, like him on on special teams, is just, uh, you know, Marchand and Bergeron, you want them on on your on not only on your on your power play, but on your penalty kill because the back and forth is just it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's the thing with with Martian. Like the reason why he like he just he's taken advantage of playing with Bergeron for so long because well, Bergeron's so good defensively and he makes these great plays on the power uh, penalty well, kill. And, and you know, we talked about this uh, a, a while ago. Uh, the chemistry that these two have together, not only the chemistry of the top line when you throw Pasternak in there, but the chemistry that Bergeron and Martian have together, it's unsurpassed at times, really especially in today's, uh, you know, NHL. But they know each other so well. They know each other's playing style. They're always finishing and, each other's sandwiches. Yeah, yes. And, you know, uh, they both have come to uh, expect a certain 
playing style from each other. Yeah, they know where they're going to be. It's, you know, when we talked about the chemistry thing. Yeah, a they few just weeks pass, ago. shoot, and score. Yeah. Pass, shoot. Yeah. You're supposed to say and score. And score. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for thanks. Thanks for coming in today. Well, I, this is why we need to have rehearsal. It's not on the outline. <laughs> There's nothing here about, you know, pass, shoot, and score. Uh, it's Pastor Knack. So anyways, in that very same game, goalie Jeremy Swayman made 40 saves in his, in his NHL debut Tuesday night, helping propel the Bees to a 4-2 victory over the Flyers. And they had just lost to the Flyers, what, the, the night before? Yep. And they had lost. They were at one point okay. where eight, they had lost eight, uh, 11 of their last 18. And like... They're okay. I'm just gonna get into it. So Halak is in COVID protocol. Tuka is out for the foreseeable future. McAvoy is out with an upper body injury. Considered day to day. Carlo is out with a quote new injury. Like maybe recurring concussion symptoms. I mean, maybe you know they they don't want to they they haven't said anything you know. Um, I mean, but in, like, good news, Miller, Wagner, and DeBrusque have returned to the lineup. Yeah, they just they just showed back up. Um, On Tuesday. Yeah, I was going to say last so, night. So, yeah. So, DeBrusque, I, I, I think DeBrusque was in on Monday night's game, but uh, Miller and Wagner were... They Wagner played, went in for they played Tuesday. Yeah, they played Tuesday. I forget so, who uh, uh, Miller went in for. So, the fact that, you know... Swayman, this 22-year-old goalie, his first NHL game after playing down in Providence for the past, you know, couple of years. Uh, impressive. Well, I mean, remember... An we, impressive start. We we talked about him a few weeks well, ago. Because and they weren't we sure... Yeah, he was coming They up. weren't sure if they were going to start Vladar in, in Tuka's absence, you know, with Halak stepping up yep. or if they were going to bring Swayman up. But, you know, and obviously they opted to start Vladar because Vladar had some NHL experience. And we talked about this. He yeah, had experience we, we, we coming we in and to, getting his ass kicked. Right. But, you know, but but again, like he knew what to expect. Uh, but Vladar's been playing well. And now Vladar is in the number one spot with Halak being out which is for, for COVID <laughs> protocol. You're not going to win the playoffs And now Swayman, either. who has never played an NHL game before, uh, you know, before this, is now number two backup goalie. I mean, and that dude. So again, he goes from being like the backup, backup, backup goalie to just fourth being the, string. I mean, like that's a hell of a promotion. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the the crazy thing about but sports. I mean, like one knee tweak can change your whole season. But the good thing is that our our newest generation of of goalies. They're showing a lot of promise. Yeah, Vladar looks good. There's a lot of promise there. Vladar, what was his first game? He held Pittsburgh to one goal. Yeah, like, yeah. Vladar is is a legit. I think uh, maybe not a starter yet. Like, let's give him some time. But he's he's proven himself. But like these, he's, the, he's these had kids, some games yeah. where he's you know not not looked great. But you know, again, which, but give again, him time. which is something that you would expect from uh, an NHL neophyte, a rookie, if you will. But you know, it, it's it makes me happy. It makes me excited to see these kids play so well because we have been talking about the goaltending for the Bruins all season. It's a contract year for Tuca. His contract's up at the end of the year. 
You know, we talked about this a couple uh, about a month or so ago. What are we going to do at the end of the year? What's their plan? What's their their succession? And plan? as of right now, they're not even sure if Tuca's going to be back this season. Right, because of his back this season. You know, so it, it's like, where do you where do you go from here? Now we look like we're in a, a slightly better position, and I, I may be counting my chickens way way before they hatch. But it looks like we might be in a better goaltending position heading into the potential playoffs this year than we were last year. Yeah, give them, you know, a dozen games or so. Let's see what we do between the two of them. I mean, because yes, the end of the season's Vladar coming quick. had his ha- ass handed to him in the playoffs last year. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. Playoff hockey is a completely different monster. They have 20 from games from regular left. season hockey. They have 20 you know? games left. So this gives you ample opportunity because, you know, Halak will be back eventually, we think. You know, we we don't know too too much, we just know that he's in COVID protocol and that can be anywhere from 2 weeks onward. You know, um so it's going to give these rookie goalies some time to get into the net and gain that experience, play against, you know, a handful of these other teams and really kind of, you know, get their skates wet. Is that, is that a thing? Mean, That's not a thing. Is that a thing? Sure, get their, get their, get their, I don't get, know. Their, get their skates on ice. You know, get, 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 their, get their, let their, let their, uh, let's scuff up their pads and, and, and break in the the mask a little bit, you know. Let's let's see how these guys react to. But I mean, you know, all of the reports are, you know, uh, of 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 Swayman uh, were about how he was just such a stud down in Providence. He was, when we were talking about him at the time, he was like seven and zero with like a one twenty three yeah. goals against average, something ridiculous like that. You know, so it's it's nice to see a kid come up, and 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 his attitude is so great too he just he's like i just want to have fun like he had a fucking blast playing you know between that between the poles the other night like he he said that in uh one of the interviews um he was just like it's fun it's a lot of fun i'm having fun which is the exact attitude that you want from a young you know 22 year old up-and-comer as opposed to uh uh, Garrett Richards for the Red Sox, who got his ass kicked and came out of the game going, well, you know, the guys in the field didn't really make any plays for me. And, you know, I had some really good pitches, but uh, it's like, no, you were getting your ass kicked. You sucked. You sucked against Baltimore. And here's the thing. They looked good Tuesday night. So we'll see what they look like playing the Capitals on Thursday. So I know this is airing on Friday. So at this point, we'll have known the outcome yeah, of the we'll game. Yeah, we'll know what happens. But uh, we'll see what they look like playing against, you know, a more seasoned team. And it'll probably but, be Vladar you know, again. But, I mean, the fact that they, you know, got their asses handed to them by the Flyers on Monday and they were able to turn around and really gain momentum – and beat the Flyers the following day. You know, it it gives me a little bit of of, of promise. You know, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I mean, I would never count them out, but I'm definitely not counting them out yet. Yeah, because we've seen we've seen this core again. You know, it plays in our in our opening. You know, thing. You know, you know the 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 Bergeron Bergeron. Bergeron! They were down Bergeron! three nothing and four to one in that game. Um, but yeah, God, let's see how they play chills. against Washington, 
and the Islanders because those two teams, like, obviously Washington, there's a lot of fucking bad blood with that team going back, mm-hmm. you know, to Trent Frederick dropping, dropping the gloves with Tom Wilson in the first game of the year. But there's also, or not the first game, but the first series, the first yes. time they played each other because they played yes. New Jersey to start the yes. year. Um, you know, the high hit on Carlo that wasn't a penalty. You know, the... You know, the fact that they cannot beat the fucking Islanders, and I don't know why. I mean, part of it is they only would put Halak out there, and the one time they did put Tuka out there, he got hurt again, and he hasn't played since. So let's see what Vladar can do. I would throw uh, Swayman out, out against one of these teams just to see how he reacts. When there's like yeah. real animosity and bad blood, I mean, there's I always see, like, uh, I mean, physicality and tension in a hockey game. Right. But there is some serious hatred with Washington, and this goes back fucking decades. Well, and and the fact that Chara is now playing for the Capitals, yeah, and, and getting chippy and trash yeah. talking. Chara and and Marchand almost got into it, and like him and Bergeron were kind of like John back and forth. Obviously. He's not going to do anything to Bergeron, and Bergeron's not going to do anything to him. But, like, the, you know, Bergeron was kind of holding him back because he was going to go after Lil Marshy. <laughs> Lil Marshy. A little ball of great. Lil Marshy. At least that's what the puck says that he signed. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, there's... Okay, I would definitely watch a cartoon series Little of, like... Marshy. Yeah, like, Dave, like, like Kid Marshan doing, like... Crazy Kid Marshan things. So, ah, little Marshy. That, that pretty much wraps up hockey. So let's move on to baseball because we started talking about it a little bit. Um, we missed last week because it was my my fortieth last week. It and was your birthday. We weren't feeling that great, so it's like you know what? We're in the middle of trying to get away for the weekend. We're going to take the week off. We'll come back. We'll have a little bit more under our belt. We'll get to talk a little bit more about the Sox Orioles series. So the opening day, opening day was last Thursday. And Sox Orioles were postponed due to the weather. So it's like, all right, you know, that's fine. They'll play on my birthday. That's kind of cool. And they got they got beaten. Uh, they <laughs> lost they lost three straight they lost three straight to Baltimore, mm-hmm. which they should beat Baltimore. They're better than that. But then they come out and they absolutely smoke Tampa Bay, who's the yeah. defending AL champion. Like what? Uh, wh- they beat them like eleven yeah. to two in the first game. So they're they're three and three, and you know they're like, oh, it's their fourth place in the in the division. Yeah, the Yankees are three and two, and they lead the division. So it's six games like, into one hundred and sixty-two. There's a long ways le- yet to let's, go. Let, let, so let, let's, let's just breathe for a moment. Yeah, take yeah. a deep breath. Step back. However, the Mets National Series, four games, postponed due to COVID. So in my notes, it says, hooray, the the season went zero days before the first COVID postponement. It's like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And then you have Greg Abbott, uh, who is the governor of Texas, saying, yeah, Rangers games should have 100% capacity. Everybody should be there. I don't know if you've ever been to a baseball stadium or any sporting event, you're practically sitting on people's laps, especially out here in Boston, where they keep making the seats slightly say, smaller. You're, you're very friendly with your neighbors. Right. They make the seats slightly smaller each time so they can fit like two or three more and squeeze another and 40 bucks out. The seats out in the bleachers are even smaller. Yes. So I've been to the ballpark at Arlington. Uh, it's not much better space-wise than Fenway is, at least 
I should preface this. When I was there, it was 2007. So it's a long, long time ago. I've been there, and I am familiar with the stadium. If you're going to fill that place up, you're going to have a hundred. Uh, you're going to have eighty. bad time. You're going to have eighty-one super spreader events between April and October. Just throwing that out there. Um, so they are. They have scheduled two double headers to make up these games. Um, Miguel Cabrera of the Tigers, former uh, MVP and two-time Triple Crown winner, I believe. Uh, he hit the season's first home run. He's like thirty-eight. Like he's you know definitely on the downswing of his career, and he's one of those guys where. You know, at the time that he signed his gigantic deal, it was awesome, but he's making like $40 million this year, and he can't do anything but DH. He can't even play first base anymore because of all his injuries and how beat up he is. I mean, he will play first base here and there, but he's not what he used to be. Uh, the Jays defeated the Yankees 3-2. to Tigers beat the Twins 3-2. to um, In newer news, because uh, that was last week's stuff, Newer news, the Major League Baseball has decided to move the All-Star game from Atlanta to Coors Field because of uh, the fuckery that's going on in uh, in Georgia over the uh, election laws. Um, and a lot of people are freaking out about, like, oh, well, we're going to boycott baseball. It's like, I'm just going to throw this out here. We don't like to get political on the show, but every time... Every year or so, something will happen, and you'll get all these conservative pundits going, well, I'm boycotting basketball. I'm boycotting football. Yeah, really? Did you? Did all you guys boycott the NFL after Kaepernick kneeled? Did everybody boycott the NBA after, mm-hmm. after they did the, uh, the BLM protests? You know, and everybody took a knee, and they had all the, the really awesome, uh, you know, uh, what's the word of, like, the different... Um, like unity things at the beginning of each game, mm-hmm. you know they had the videos and they had you know all the all the stuff in the bubble last year. Nobody stopped watching it. Everyone's like, "I'm going to boycott." No, you're fucking not. I'm going to boycott baseball as I N- turn no, on not. baseball and shove a pizza in my mouth. Oh, I'm also going to boycott. You know, like Delta Airlines and Coca-Cola are boycott are, you know, pulling their sponsorship and like they're they're having an issue with it as well because Coke and Delta are both headquartered in Atlanta. So like there's all kinds of different issues that are going on here and there. Like Well, that's just stupid. You know what's fun? And I learned this the other day. Do you know why Atlanta has a baseball team? Is it money? No. The only reason Atlanta has a baseball team is that in 1965 the Milwaukee Braves were thinking of being relocated. And the only reason they relocated to Atlanta is because Atlanta, the city of Atlanta, promised to integrate their baseball stadium. In 1965, their baseball stadium was not integrated. Henry Aaron, who is one of the greatest of all time, 715, uh, 714 home runs, uh, just passed away recently. Any relation not... to Hank? It's the same... I'm I'm joking. You're throwing me off here, lady. (laughs) See, when you do that, you make yourself sound like this uneducated pink hat who's like, I just like the uniforms. Um, Actually, no, we discussed earlier, I don't like the uniforms. No, just in in general. Um, But there's there's this, uh, he he didn't want to go play in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And 
had to be talked into it by you know multiple civil rights leaders, including Martin Luther mm-hmm. King Jr. So like there's a whole uh, Howard Bryant who uh, I don't know if he still writes for ESPN but used to write for ESPN, um, and I don't agree with everything he writes, but I haven't because uh, I haven't experienced the same things that he has, but. Again, I have a different uh, experience, but he writes a lot about the racism in the history of Boston. But again, I didn't grow up in Boston in the 60s and 70s, so I didn't experience it. But uh, he's the one who was posting this on Twitter, and he makes some very excellent points. So uh, check out some of his stuff if you want to know a little bit more about the history of Atlanta and why it's such a big deal that, you know, this team and you know major league baseball can do what they want you know and everyone's freaking out about it but uh it got to the point where the aforementioned uh texas governor greg abbott has refused to throw out the first pitch at any uh rangers games because major league baseball is moving the uh the all-star game out of uh Atlanta, and he's trying to show solidarity with his fellow Republican governor, uh, Brian Kemp. So, I mean, I think it's a good move. Uh, and as a private business, Major League Baseball can do what the fuck they want. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the same thing. You know, these are the same folks who are getting upset about this are the same folks who are like, well, I don't want to make you a cake because it violates my beliefs. And, you know, you mentioned uh, sponsorships being pulled because of this. Uh, I'm sure that there it's not, are... It's, I, I, I phrased that wrong. It's not sponsorships being pulled. It's, um, from my understanding, it's just companies going on the record talking about how they are against these political actions that are being taken. Coke... Nike and you know Nike is has been outspoken on social issues for many many years. Right. So you would think that Nike would uh back this decision. Nike does. Nike back. Oh, oh, okay. Nike back. Nike, Delta, Coke, they're all on the side of Major League Baseball. Oh, okay. I'm I misunderstood you. No, I they apologize. are against they're against the political action being taken by Oh, the okay. Sorry, in... I, I completely misunderstood no, what you were no, saying. That's fine. That's well, why I mean, I'm and, and to that's you know, that's clarify. typically what happens. You know, uh, you'll have some sponsors who will show their support. You'll have some sponsors who, you know, may pull out. But typically, your bigger sponsors, the ones that actually matter, are the ones who will support your decisions. Yeah, you know, like you said, Nike. Nike has been very outspoken politi- uh, politically for uh, decades now, and they've really thrown their hat in the ring more so over the past five, six years. Yeah, ever since uh, they've, know, ca- they've you know, really been on the side of Colin Kaepernick. Um, you know, and I think that's, I think that's great. You know, uh, see, they and. The people who are trying to say like, oh, well, I'm not I'm going to boycott them. I'm going to boycott them are the same people who are like, oh, cancel culture is terrible. Yeah, it's it's a not to not to delve down that rabbit hole. Yeah, we're getting too far. It's, off. A, it's a whole thing. But, um, you know, I I fully support Major League Baseball's decision to, to do this. You're an independent business. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You know, um, and, and I think it shows uh, support and solidarity for their players. I agree. And, you know, 
you know, when you have a league that is, you know, I think aside from hockey, this has the uh, highest amount of white players in baseball, but even that has slowly been shifting over the past decade or so. Um, it's good that they're showing solidarity. Like, I, I, I like the fact that they're moving it to a more liberal state, you know, Colorado, you know, they were the first ones to legalize weed, you know, and that's... Hey, man. Um, and I think it's a good idea. Plus, moving the game from Atlanta to um, to uh, Coors Field will actually help because Coors Field tends to, uh, because of the higher elevation, give you a little more offense. You know, this was something that people talked about for years about how, you know, like, oh, this guy, this guy's a free agent. He's coming out of, uh, coming from the Rockies. When you look at his home splits and his away splits, and like his home numbers would be amazing, but his away numbers would be like drastically different. Kind of like how the Astros were, but that was because of cheating, not natural atmospheric conditions. So a little different. Um, other news Fernando Tatis Jr., who we talked about a few weeks ago, 22 year old, signed that massive 14 million, 300, 14 year, 300 plus million deal. Uh, took a, a bad swing and hurt his shoulder. Mm-hmm. They thought it was going to uh, end his season. Yes. However, he does not need surgery. Oh, that's good. So he doesn't need surgery. Yeah, it's very good. See, and this is what we were talking about. You know, is it wise to give a 22-year-old kid this this much money? Like, yes, because you want him wrapped up and you want him a part of your franchise for the foreseeable future. But it's always a gamble. It's a gamble with anybody. But, like, it's not like... They can look at him and go, well, he's 22 and he's had, you know, he's only played, you know, X amount of games through this, this many seasons because, you know, he's been in the big leagues for 10 years. It's like, no, 10 years ago, he was fucking 12. He wasn't even a teenager. <laughs> you know, like, that's insane. Uh, but I'm glad, I'm glad he's not hurt. I'm glad he uh, does not need surgery. Um, and we did mention the Sox are three and three after getting swept by the Orioles. Then, crushing the American League champion Rays three straight. Um, the best record in baseball right now currently belongs to the 5-1 and one Astros, which people have been bringing inflatable trash cans to games, and I think that's what they missed last year with no fans in the stands is, you know, not being able to boo the Astros for cheating their way to the World Series and winning one of two, mm-hmm. which I just thought was so awesome. Um, it's great that fans are finally getting that chance to heckle and taunt, you know, as long as it's, you know, doesn't cross the line. You know, heckle and taunt and they're like, ah, you cheating suckers, you suck, you cheaters. You know, like, you know, shit like that. Or yeah, like, yeah, keep it, keep, keep it classy. There's no reason to, you know, get nasty about it. But no, but I mean, like, uh, heckling has a, a place in, in, all in sports. sports. In all sports. It does. I you like should, my you particular should absolutely brand of criticize your team when they're not performing. Well, I'm talking about going and heckling the opposing, t- the I, opposing and team. And that is equal, That that's actually even more fun. See, I, I like. I do. Uh, I'm very positive when I when I heckle and I taunt. Like I, you know, we we saw the Celtics play the uh, the Rockets a few years back, and I was taunting James Harden. I was like, "Hey Harden, I respect your talent, but I hope your team is unsuccessful today." Yeah, you're that guy. You know, so I'm. You know, I'm. I also, you know, again, Boston has this reputation of being, you know, nasty and. Uh, 
you know, as Adam Jones of the uh, formerly of the uh, Baltimore Orioles was saying, you know, about how he, uh, you know, he experienced a lot of racial taunts and things like that. I'm trying to, you know, show that we can be classy too. Hey, I don't think you suck, but I hope you don't perform well today. I know you're an all-star in your own right, but I hope today is not a typical game for you. You know, like, that's the type of stuff I'll yell. And then, like, we'll go to the Bruins game. Like, hey, Carrie Price, you suck! (laughs) And that's the thing. Like, when you're taunting someone from another team, especially a rival team, telling them they suck when you know that they don't, that is the highest form of respect. This is true. How many times you, you think, you know, Jets fans, hey, Brady, you suck! And he's, like, waving his seven rings at him, you know? Yeah. Like... You know, all the times that we'd watch Yankees games. Ah, Jeter, you suck. You know, like, Jeter doesn't suck. Kobe doesn't suck. Peyton Manning doesn't suck. You know, all those guys. It's like, ah! You're just, you're just talking out of frustration. Right. You get very upset, and you're just no, like, No, I think it. there's a there's a, uh, a camaraderie that comes with taunting, you know, uh, as far as, as like I've being seen, fans go. I've seen and, signs at Patriots you know, games like, Robert Goodell eats pizza with a fork, you know, like... Right, like that's funny. That's cute. Um, you know, it, it's when you start to get good, personal. wholesome fun that doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah, it's when you start to get personal, uh, using inappropriate language, uh, calling people inappropriate names. You know, that's when it's not fun anymore. Like it's not fun to be a fan in the crowd and listening and, and listen to that kind of, of, of taunting. Yeah, I don't want to listen um, to some you know, and I'm sure the, some the vulgar players, asshole. You know, the, the players who can hear this you well, know, I was say, don't like, appreciate it either. When we're in the goddamn nosebleed section oh, yeah, no, and there's no eighteen thousand people there, like, hey, jackass, no one's gonna hear you yelling racial slurs at fucking PK Suban. From right. up here. Right, but that says more about your character than... Right, uh, so stop being a dick. Like, I can yell at Subban and be like, Ah, I hate, I hate the way you play! You know, like... But I'm not going to get personal with him because I, I would take him on my team in a heartbeat. Right. That's the thing. Like, most of the guys, you're like, Ah, you suck! Are guys that you would take on your team, no questions asked. It's like, like you suck because you don't play for my team. There was a... Uh, uh, Many, many years ago on Saturday Night Live, they did point-counterpoint with Seth Meyers and uh, Derek Jeter. Oh, And really? Seth Meyers being from New, New Hampshire. Oh, I thought he was from New York. No, he lives yeah. in New oh, York Oh, he lives now. in New York now. He's from right. New Hampshire, a uh, Red Sox fan. And so they, he started off by going, you suck! And Jeter's like, yeah, I've heard that a lot before from uh, Boston fans. And he starts talking about all his rings, and at the end, like, he's... Seth Myers ends up crying, and he's like, will you sign my hat? And he's like, yes. He's like, will you, will you come play for the Red Sox? No, he goes, will you come play for the Red Sox? No. Will you sign my hat? Yes, I'll sign your hat. <laughs> will you sign it, Nomar? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. All right, so let's move on to the NBA. Everybody's super happy because Kevin Durant is going to take time away from his very busy Twitter career uh, talking shit about Michael Rappaport's wife because he is the thinnest-skinned fucking uh, superstar I have ever seen, and this dude cannot stay off Twitter. If somebody talks shit to him on Twitter, he can't not respond. 
Oh my God. So if I were to go onto Twitter. I've, I've been tempted a few times. And if I were to say something like just just negative. Hey Durant, your new Durant, haircut makes you look stupid. He would respond. Yeah. Oh my God. I have a new project. Yeah, right. Hey Durant, you, your your shoe is tied at a funny angle. Like, but like he's he's so thin skinned. Like this is a thing that was going back and forth with Michael Rappaport for four goddamn months. Like Durant's first game is tonight, April seventh. He hasn't played since February thirteenth. It's ridiculous. But he goes on Twitter and he'll fight with teenagers. He even admitted that he had a goddamn burner account that he would use to defend himself. Like, like, yeah, Kevin Durant is right. It's like, that's you, you asshole. Like, what's wrong with you? Um, so, like, clearly uh, he doesn't have any hobbies. It's like, you and know you're an adult. You're an you adult, maybe, right? Maybe, maybe try collecting something. Stamps. Do you want to collect stamps, Kevin Durant? Well, it'll be like Calvin and Hobbes when he's trying to decide between collecting stamps and collecting bugs, and he decides on stamped bugs. <laughs> stamped bugs. Um, Bug stamps. And it's good timing, too, because, uh, James, I'm the MVP of the league because I don't get hurt and I play every game, uh, is uh, out for 10 days with an injury. So that, that worked out well. Uh, I will just say, and I've said this, this is a consistent... Uh, stance, a consistent take that I have had for my entire life. You cannot be the most valuable player if taking you off the team doesn't change how good the team is. Correct. So, as far as I'm concerned, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant are all ineligible for the MVP because they all play on the same goddamn team. Same goes for LeBron. Oh, I'm the MVP. I can carry the Lakers. Oh, no, I can't. I need Anthony Davis. You can't have either one of those guys uh, because if you have three of the top ten players on your team and two of the top five players on your team, you can't be the MVP. You can't. I don't care what your numbers are because you will find someone who puts up similar numbers on a team that doesn't have three of the top ten players in the NBA. Like, I would say Joel Embiid. I would put Embiid up there before we got hurt uh, because they the Sixers had one of the best records in all of the NBA. What does that look for? What does that look just, for? Just continue talking. I would put Embiid up at the top. I would put, because uh, I don't think Simmons is very good and Embiid was playing out of his goddamn mind. What? What is your issue? I am the MVP. You're the MVP. I'm the most valuable pink-haired. Oh, my God. Get out of here. Um so yeah, I you can't you can't be the MVP if you have a super team. Like it just it doesn't work that way. I mean I would say there are a couple of exceptions. Michael Jordan deserved the MVP because he was the most valuable player not just on his team but of the league. And he didn't win it every year. Barkley won it. Uh Malone won it. You know, Olajuwon won it. I think Robinson won it a year. But if you took Jordan off the Bulls, they are not this fearsome powerhouse that everyone thought they were. Like, the Nets have played all year with a rotating cast of uh, Irvin, Irving, Durant, and Harden. 
Like, and they're 35 and 16, tied for first place in in the Atlantic. So, you take one of those guys out, and they're still going to be really good. So, for, I mean, and they're tied for first place in the East. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you take one of those guys out, like Durant hasn't played in like two months, and they still went seven and three in their last ten. Because they have Irving and Durant and now Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge. Like, it doesn't matter. You can take one of those guys out. So, um, let's move on to... Well, uh, so Paul Pierce... Oh, yeah, I was going to say, let's move on to... recently fired... From ESPN. From ESPN for live... Was he live streaming? Live streaming on, uh, on Instagram Live. Um... He was playing poker, surrounded by strippers. Smoking weed. Smoking weed. Now, nothing that's really illegal. None of those things are illegal for adults in this state. However, however, when the mouse is signing your paychecks. You live in the mouse house. Um... You know that's a that's a problem. People Disney in- is now owned. I, I think it's been owned, but it's it's definitely now owned. Uh, People in mouse houses shouldn't smoke bones. <laughs> Disney owns ESPN. Yes, they have for a while. ABC and ESPN. Um, but it's 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 now like more apparent than ever that Disney owns ESPN, and they're not going to put up with that kind of behavior. Like, had he done that and not live-streamed it, not taken any, if there was no uh Had actual... somebody else posted it, that's that may, that may have been a different story. If, if somebody else had posted it or, uh, you know, or if it just wasn't posted at all. It's like, I'm doing this, but, you know, there, there's no it was his evidence. Own, it was his own fault that he... You know, do I think it's fucking stupid? Absolutely. You had a sweet gig... Talking basketball on ESPN a couple of days a week. Like, you're going to screw it up by live streaming all this shit? Like, I get... He's not even one of those guys that has, like, a huge brand he has to build. Because he was just Paul Pierce, you know, former Celtic, former Finals MVP. uh, Going into the Hall of Fame this year. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, I I think it's stupid. I don't think he should have been fired over something like this. No, suspend him for a week. Not even. Not even. Like, maybe just, you know, talk to him. Say, hey, this kind of, you know, we we expected more from you representing ESPN and representing Disney, ultimately. It's not illegal. It's frowned upon. (laughs) Yes. Um, But, you know, we all know how uh, Mickey... Depending on who you are, I mean, yeah, that, we're not going to get true. into that either. Um, but but no, I just I, I think it's I think it's unfair because it's not like he was really doing. I mean, he was just he wasn't being inappropriate. Nothing he was doing was illegal, and it wasn't inappropriate. I haven't like, watched the uh, thing from what I've what I've heard. Like I said, yeah, I haven't watched either. But from what I've heard, like it wasn't. Uh, it, it, from what I've heard, it wasn't. It, there wasn't any like inappropriate things happening. He was just, you know, he was there, obviously partaking of stuff, but like it, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't anything. It wasn't anything. 
I think they're making a big deal over nothing. I but agree. because other people made a big deal about it, he lost his job. And again, it's a private company. If they don't want you doing something and they, you know, yes, your social media is your own business. But if it's going to reflect on your employer in a negative light. Well, especially being a public figure like that. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's not like, you know, some random dude. It's Paul Pierce, Hall of Famer. Right. You know, and some people, you know, uh, think that firing him was just and that he was behaving inappropriately and that, uh, you know, he deserved what happened to him. And, and if you believe that, you know, like that's that's fine. That's that's your prerogative. But, you know, I there are people out there representing brands, representing uh different companies doing you know representing different entities different things uh doing far worse things yes yes uh especially where see and And it's like you know like and if it was just weed who cares and if he was playing poker like like that's not illegal as long as he was paying his gambling debts like who cares and as far as the strippers go as long as he was paying them handsomely and respecting them who cares right as long as there was no like inappropriate as long as everything was consensual who cares right i i and i think that you know you're a grown-up and you're allowed to have grown-up fun right and that's what i said you know it was it was uh Everything he did was legal. Nothing he was doing was illegal. So, I mean, if there were lines of cocaine behind him, then yeah, okay, I I get it. But you know, there there wasn't. So, yeah, I don't I don't think it was uh, I don't think it was right. I don't think that there was just cause. Maybe you know, if you didn't like what he was doing, maybe just give him a slap on the wrist to maybe fine him. You know, obviously, if you hit him in the in the pocket, that's usually where it hurts the most. Even that's kind of tough because, you know, the dude's already a millionaire. He's made tons and tons of money over his career. But, I mean, I don't think this is a gig that he needs, per se. No, he's not going to Financially, starve. I think it was just something for him to do, and I'm I'm sure he'll find something else yeah, somewhere he's, else. he's not going to starve. He'll be fine. He's he's going he's gonna to be just fine when it comes to, to his finances. But I'm not a huge fan of them getting rid of him. Obviously, I'm a little biased because I am – a fan of Paul Pierce. I like the fact that he was good for Boston. Um, but yeah, so let's uh, let's move on to the NFL because we're just about uh, we're just about done here. Uh, so d- the Deshaun Watson saga has continued. Now it's up to I think twenty seven women who have come forward. Um, I mean I don't know what to make of this. You know we we did give our our thoughts on this a couple of weeks ago. Whether it's you know, potentially, um, if it's a smear campaign by the uh, if it's a smear campaign by the Texans to lower his draft value, or it's a uh, you know, it's it's a true story, you know, and everything that they're saying he did, um, you know, either way, it's it's no good. 
Like, there's no good news that can come out of this one way or the other. So, I mean, I'm just going to kind of sit back and see what happens, but it's getting bad, and it's starting to affect the rest of the league. Um, big news is uh, Sam Darnold was traded to the Panthers the other day. Uh, he went for, like, a second, a fourth, and a sixth-round pick, considering this guy was, like, uh, if I remember correctly, one of the top picks in the draft when he got uh, when he got taken last year. Um, this keeps happening a lot, where a a team will go and they will draft a quarterback at the top of the draft, and he doesn't quite doesn't quite uh, work out the way they were hoping, and then they will just take another quarterback. That next year we saw, uh, we saw the um, what you call it's do with that the uh, Cardinals, where they had Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen's their guy. He's the quarterback of the future. Oh, we're not that good. All right, well Kyler Murray, he's our guy. He's the quarterback of the future. He's mm-hmm. our he's our dude. Um, so that kind of. That kind of thing has been happening a lot, and Sam Darnold is the latest one. So we're probably going to end up seeing uh, Justin Fields to the Jets. But that's that's my thought anyways. Um, however, that sets up an interesting dynamic in Carolina because Carolina just signed Teddy Bridgewater last year to a three-year deal. So... What, what are they going to do with Teddy Bridgewater? Are you going to keep both of these guys and kind of have it operate as like a tandem similar to how uh, how uh, the Saints did, you know, uh, and the Colts did last year? You know, they'd have Phillip Rivers or Drew Brees, but anytime somebody needed to make a big throw downfield, they'd bring in the backup because, you know, the old guys just don't have it anymore. Um, but I don't think that's the case for Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know. It's it's going to be weird. Um, I guess we'll see what happens. But uh, the big thing is, you know, now because it's a, a free agent, not a free agent, but a quarterback who has uh, a potential to be leaving his team. Of course, every single every single pundit around here is, oh, do you think do you think the Patriots will get him? Do you think the Patriots will get him? Oh, I think the Patriots are going to get him. Do you think the Patriots will trade for him? It's like no, I don't. No. No, no, I think they'll they'll take a, a fucking long snapper from Rutgers with the fifteenth pick. Like that's my that's my guess. You know, they'll do something stupid because that's what they do because Bill does that. Although there's a whole lot of uh talk about how Bill does not have the uh have the same amount of power that he used to. And they're saying it's kind of a uh, uh a shift in the dynamic because he sucks at the draft. And Robert Kraft came out and said that in three different interviews. You know, because Belichick came out and was like, well, you know, we, you know, we, we never want to pay anybody. We, you know, oh, the purse strings are so tight. And Kraft goes, oh, oh, is that what it is? Is that why we don't have our quarterback anymore who just won a Super Bowl for another team? Oh, okay. Well, it turns out that you have to overpay for players when your draft sucks, says Kraft in three different interviews. And so. I guess Bill got called in and had to do something that he doesn't want to do, and that's relinquish any type of control or authority or uh, or, or 
or power because he wants to have every single thing. Because Bill's smarter than everybody, which is why, like, you know. Wait, so is he no longer the GM? He's the GM, but other people have input, too. Instead of, like, like. So he's, like, the GM asterisk. How's this? A couple of years ago, the, uh, the, uh, the, the consensus was from Josh, Josh McDaniels, who is apparently supposed to be the next in line after Belichick leaves, although, like, all of Belichick's kids work for the Patriots in some capacity or another. It was like, you know what? I think we should take this guy. And Belichick goes, no, we're taking a running back. And he's like, but we have running backs. We can find a running back anywhere in, like, second, third round. Like, this is the guy we need to take. And Bill goes, nope. Bill laughed at him and said, aren't you the same guy who drafted Tim Tebow? Which, to be fair, I, I mean, he was. I mean. But it's not like Lamar Jackson turned into nobody. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So they took Sony Michelle. And not Lamar Jackson. Think about if you're a Patriots fan and you're listening to this and you think about that, would you rather right now, right this second, would you rather have Sony Michelle or would you rather have Lamar Jackson? Would you rather have Sony Michelle and Cam Newton or Lamar Jackson? Hmm. And, you know, there was an argument I heard on the radio that the, oh, how many Super Bowls has he won? How many playoff games has he won? It's like, yeah, he's been in the league three years. Uh, he was a unanimous MVP. Uh, he's pretty fucking good. So maybe we don't act like a jerk uh, about this. You know, just it's just a thought. Like, the dude did win an MVP. Over Patrick Mahomes, by the way. Over Tom Brady, by the way. So, but no, I don't, I don't think that, uh, that the Patriots will go after, uh, after them. Um, or, or after, um, Bridgewater, if anything, they'll still try to pry Jimmy Garoppolo out of, uh, San Francisco's hands because, Bill will go to any extent to prove how right he is and how right he always is. And, um, yeah, it's just kind of something that he would do. Like, oh, see, you said I couldn't get him, but, oh, you said he couldn't do this, and I'm going to get him, and I'll show you that he can do it. So we'll, uh, we'll see, I guess. But, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not convinced that they're going to go into the season with somebody other than Cam Newton as their quarterback. So, I don't know what you think. I don't know. They seem pretty uh, solid in their backing of Cam Newton, which is why they signed him to another year. Well, they they also just don't have anybody else. You know, but I mean, but they could. They could. Oh, they they, they just they just didn't. It, they just didn't like that's the end of story they just didn't um so i mean i don't i don't know i don't expect much from the patriots i mean these are these are these are uh this is a team that these guys could go and they could do the things that it takes to get a quarterback instead of trying to lowball everybody like well you know we'll give you a fourth round pick 
some kicking teas, and Bill will burp in your face after he eats his uh, foot-long subway. <laughs> and you give us your starting quarterback and a second-round pick. And it's like, you know, people give Danny Ainge a ton of shit about trying to win deals, but it's like some of these guys that Bill has drafted, it's like, oh, we have this long snapper from Navy, you know, and, oh, we have this guy. He used to play lacrosse, but now he's a, a you know, a, a cornerback. And, you know, like he'll try to pull those up because Bill's the smartest guy in any room that he's in. And sometimes he does hit on these guys. Other times he ignores like really good advice, like saying like some random receiver that he drafted was just as good as Julio Jones. Yeah, they're the same player. Why would I why would I trade up to get Julio Jones when I could have this fucking nobody who'll be out of the league in six weeks? Like why would I want Julio Jones when I can get this nobody? You know, like and that's the thing that people are starting to realize that I've been saying for close to 20 years, Tom Brady makes up for a lot of mistakes that you make. You draft terrible players, but no matter what you put around this dude, you always had a competitive team. Take Tom Brady off, but leave Belichick there. The team is garbage. So I think that's uh, pretty much where we're going to wrap up. Slashes, do you have anything else you want to add? Nope. All right. So, do you have a hot take, a prediction, or disagree with something we said? Let us know at the loudest sports show at gmail.com. Follow us on social media on Twitter at loudest underscore show, Instagram at loudest sports at the loudest sports show. You can find us on uh, YouTube as well uh, under the Throwdown Thursday podcast umbrella. You can check out our uh, our replay of our live 250th episode of Throwdown Thursday. Uh, you can also check out our group for sports memorabilia. We do a ton of different uh, contests uh, each week. Uh, I think this week, what have we given away? Oh, yeah, uh, O.J. Simpson full-size replica helmet uh, from uh, his USC Trojan days with the Heisman 68 inscription. We've given we've uh, we've uh, had contests for uh, let's see what else? a couple of an couple authentic helmets, a couple of replica helmets. Uh, Magic Johnson jersey, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up too, so you guys don't want to miss it. So check it out. Uh, the Loudest Sports Show on Facebook. And uh, I think with that being said, slashes. Until next week, kids, try to stay out of the penalty box. Peace out. We out of here. Good night. Good night. I love you. Peace out. I'm out of here. <laughs>